Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Business Builders Podcast. Today's podcast is sponsored by ProFund. It seems like everywhere I go, I'm finding people who are telling me the many ways ProFund is changing the way they sell. This week, I had someone tell me how they're using the homeowner data and buyer personas to help them better prepare for the sales call. I had someone else tell me how the property report helps them gain credibility and improve upselling. And yesterday, someone mentioned the ease of using ProFund's integrated financing and how it's helping them overcome price objections and close more sales. Look, it should be obvious that I am a huge fan of everything ProFund has to offer. But please don't take my word for it. Go to ProFund.net and see for yourself. You've got nothing to lose and you have so much to gain. ProFund has already changed the game for so many contractors and I know they can do the same for you. So go to ProFund.net and check it out. Your sales and profits will thank me. Okay, so today I want to talk about selling your price, and I feel like I need to jump up on a soapbox and try to set the record straight on a few things. As a sales trainer and coach and someone who wants salespeople to realize their greatest potential, I'm also someone who's looking out for the business owner and wants to help them maximize their profits and convert as many leads as they possibly can. I'm telling you this because I'm sometimes shocked by the response that I receive when I create social media posts that speak to those goals. First of all, I need everyone to recognize and come to terms with the fact that your selling price is not a function of the market, it's not a function of the competition, and it's not a function of what the customer wants to spend on the project. Your selling price is a function of money. And it's a representation of all the costs incurred by your business to deliver the results that you and your customers want from the project. I'm telling you this because I've read some alarming comments from people who think that the price is determined by the market. And you need to know that you are the market. Look, I'm not suggesting that anyone gouge the customer or overcharge them in any way. But who am I or you to determine where that number needs to be? If one contractor offers a proposal price of $10,000 and he's priced at a 40% gross margin and the other contractor comes in at $12,000 assuming the same 40% gross margin, why would any of us be quick to assume or judge the higher price as being too high? In this example, the more expensive contractor is charging more due to his higher cost of doing business. This has nothing to do with his understanding of the market or who he's competing against. It's 100% about his cost of doing business. I'm jumping on this because when I've called salespeople out for not selling their value, I've seen comments from people telling me it's not a sales problem, it's a problem with the contractor not understanding the market. So let's get back to selling our price. Regardless of how we slice this or try to defend against this, the salesperson's ability to close the $2,000 higher price proposal is based 100% on them showing the prospect why they're worth $2,000 more. And while that may seem obvious, I do hear salespeople who try to defend themselves by telling me, the prospect wanted to do business with me but decided to go with the other guy because we were $2,000 higher. So let me break this down for you because I know this is a scenario that many people can relate to. On one hand, the salesperson is telling me the prospect wanted to do business with us. And on the other hand, they're saying that the prospect went with the other guy because he was $2,000 less. If we put those two statements together and if we are personally accountable for our outcomes, we reframe this to say, 
the prospect wanted to do business with me, but their desire to do business with me in their mind, it wasn't worth the additional cost required to do business with me. Look, the problem here is not the prospect or the competition or what the company is charging. The problem is the salesperson who conveniently thinks, I did my job, they wanted to buy from me, but it's the company's fault we couldn't close the deal. If I'm being completely honest, the salesperson is choosing to play the victim card. They've chosen to empower the company's margin expectations or the competition's lower selling price to have complete control over their effectiveness. In their mind, it's not about them needing to change or them needing to do better because it's the company's fault. But here's the rub. How many of us have ever had a prospect tell us, I really like you, but you didn't sell me? How many of us have ever had a prospect say that they're going with the other guy because he did a better job? Heck, I used to sell in the New York tri-state area. We're talking about New Jersey, Philadelphia, New York City area where people can be pretty direct. And I never had a prospect tell me that I did a shitty job, even when I knew I did a shitty job. I've actually had people tell me, it's not you, John. We really like you. You did a really great job, but the budget is tight and the other guy was less expensive. They let me down gently because maybe they really liked me or they didn't want to hurt my feelings. Maybe they felt guilty because I invested so much time with them. Or maybe they were afraid because I knew where they lived and they didn't want to piss me off. Regardless of their reason, they didn't tell me the truth. And the truth is this. They didn't believe I was worth the extra cost. And to be honest, I wish they had told me the truth because it would have forced me to think about my approach and I would have been better for it. But then again, they probably didn't want to tell me that because they knew I would jump into sales mode trying to convince them of all the reasons why they should reconsider and they probably felt it was much easier to just lie. So let's get back to my earlier example about the two contractors selling at a 40% gross margin and one guy being $2,000 more. During a recent training session, I had a salesperson complain about his higher selling price telling me that he's not sure why the prospect should pay $2,000 more for them to do the work. Now, as much as I don't profess to know the target gross margins for both of these contractors, I can tell you that the higher-priced contractor was operating out of two showroom locations and the lower-priced contractor was operating out of one location where they did not meet clients. The higher-priced contractor also had their own maintenance and warranty department, and the lower-priced contractor did not. It's also important to mention that the higher-priced contractor had been in business for 31 years and was competing against a lower-priced contractor who'd only been in business for four years. Look, if you put on your owner's hat, and if you're being honest with yourself, I'm hoping you can see that the higher-priced guy had a good reason for being $2,000 more, and the salesperson missed an opportunity to sell the value of the differences. But why are some people so quick to comment telling me that I'm giving bad advice because it's not the salesperson's fault, it's the owner's fault for not understanding the market? I would argue it's because it's so much easier for us to blame someone else for our poor performance than it is for us to take ownership of the outcome. So here's a test. If the prospect tells you that your price is higher than the other guys, ask them to set the price aside and tell you who they'd prefer to work with. Now, assuming they say they'd prefer to work with you, which is what I would hope they would tell you, you'll want to thank them and then ask them to explain the reasons why they feel that way. 
I'd recommend you be prepared to pull those reasons out of them. You'll want to encourage them by using phrases like, What else? Anything else? Tell me more. You're doing this to help the prospect identify the reasons they think you're different and better than the other guy, which allows you to ask them to measure the perceived value of those differences against the extra cost. If you close the sale, it supports the notion that the perceived value was greater than the extra cost. If you don't close the sale, it should send a clear message that your prospect didn't see enough value in those differences to justify that extra cost. And look, I know some of you are going to want to passionately argue with me telling me, hey, wait a minute, John, I told them why we were different, I told them why we were better. But when you tell me this, you're only offering excuses and you can't deposit excuses. I define excuses as the reasons we use to deny our personal accountability. And as a coach, it's my obligation to help you cut through the excuses and figure out how you can be successful in spite of those challenges. By the way, what would happen if the salesperson said, I lost the job because the other guy was cheaper and I simply said, yeah, that sucks. It's not your fault. I'm sure you did everything you could. I mean, what would happen then? We'd have a salesperson sitting on his hands waiting for the company or the competition to change so that he could make some money. You know, I've also had some argue that the selling price should be the same because we're all installing the same materials and using the same installation practices. And I've got to be honest that I struggle to put in socially acceptable terms exactly how I feel about that bullshit. Think about what they're saying here. If I'm using the same Owens Corning products as the other guys and we're both installing those products as they should be installed, the prices should be exactly the same. The fact that anyone can be so quick to commoditize their service is not only careless, it's just stupid. The word commodity is defined as a class of goods that is supplied without a qualitative difference across a market. Yes, it might be true that both contractors are using the same Owens Corning products and those products probably came out of the same manufacturing facility, but the project is not a commodity because it requires people to manage the entire remodeling experience. It's the people that make the difference, and I would also argue it's the people who make one contractor worth more than the other. Yes, they might be installing the same products, and both projects may be installed according to the code and following the manufacturer's installation requirements, but no two people are going to approach the project the very same way. Think about everything that's involved in the project from the perspective of the homeowner. Think about how the project is managed, the level of communication with the homeowner, the attention to detail with regard to the material delivery, the tear-off, the installation process, and the cleanup. It's unreasonable to expect that different people are going to respond to customer complaints and warranty issues with the same sense of urgency. It's even more unreasonable to expect that different people are going to establish the same standards and provide the same level of leadership to make sure their teams consistently meet those standards. Look, I trust the cynics who claim there should be no price difference are going to be the same people who respond to me by saying, Hey, John, it's just a roof. I mean, we're not performing heart surgery here. And I would argue that that statement is exactly why the other contractor is worth significantly more. Do you think some homeowners are looking for and willing to pay more for the peace of mind that comes from a white glove remodeling experience? In this example, we have two contractors. 
The first is the commodity contractor who offers a lower price and tries to outsell the more expensive contractor by claiming we're all using the same materials and installation practices. The second contractor offers a premium price and attempts to sell her price based on the value and peace of mind she brings to the entire remodeling experience. And just to be clear, I'm not judging either of these two contractors. I'm not here to tell you which one is right or which one is wrong. I'm just trying to make the case that both people think differently about the value they bring to the project, and they both have different profit expectations based on that value. But if you want me to be honest, (laughs) I can tell you that I celebrate and applaud the premium-priced contractor who wants to sell her value. I sincerely appreciate and respect the contractor who believes she's the best choice for the project and believes she's worth more. Those are the people who are not charging by the square. Those are the people who are charging by the years and accounting for the blood, sweat, and tears and the sleepless nights it's taken them to develop the practices that allow them to deliver what they believe is a consistently better project for their customers. And I'd like to know why anyone would criticize these more expensive contractors. Look, I can understand the reasons why we'd want to call out the guy who's selling cheap and undercutting the market, but why do some people have a beef with those that are selling on the higher side of the price spectrum? It's always funny to me how some salespeople will take cheap shots at the competitor for the way they go to market. They say things like, so-and-so gives the prospect the discount if they sign today. Or they complain that so-and-so will take the unsold leads from their salespeople and give them to an inside salesperson who follows up and tries to close the deal. They just bitch and moan, and I just sit there quietly thinking to myself, yeah, and it's also true that so-and-so is kicking your ass. I remember reading a quote a few years ago, and I can't remember who said it, but they were talking about complaining. And the quote said, complaining is a reference point of something greater that we're not willing to risk creating. As I thought about that statement, it became truth for me because I realized that some people complain because they know there's something better for them, but they're not willing to do anything about it. If we look around the market, we'll find contractors selling roofs for $900 or $1,000 per square, and the cynics would rather complain about them overcharging because complaining is easier than it is for them to do the things they need to do to command those higher prices. But this quote about complaining doesn't speak to the salesperson complaining about their higher selling price because those salespeople, they're not accountable for their outcomes. In their mind, it's not about them having to do anything any differently because they don't blame themselves for their poor performance. In their mind, they've already done everything right, and it's the company's fault for setting the price too high. And to those salespeople, I would offer two options. The first is for you to quit your job and go work for the low-cost provider. And I'm not saying that to be a wise-ass here. If you honestly think you're doing everything right, then you might be better off if you stopped complaining about the other guy and went to work for him. But this suggestion does not come without a warning because you will likely find an entirely different set of challenges when you make your move. It's been my experience that excuses will follow you. You've got to remember that excuses are the reasons we use to deny our personal accountability. And yes, you'll now have a lower price to offer and you'd think that will make your life easier, but it won't because the price isn't your problem. The problem is the person making excuses. Sorry, you can hate me for saying that, but uh, it is what it is. 
The second option is to shore up on your selling skills and figure out how you can build an emotional connection with the prospect that compels them to want to do business with you. Take full advantage of the sales process as a tool to help you increase the perceived value of doing business with you and use that value to help your prospect overcome their own price objections. Yes, I know they might have told you that they wanted to do business with you, but in the end, they chose somebody else, which means they really didn't want to do business with you. You've got to remember that it's not your job to offer discounts and to tell the owner the price is too high. It's your job to sell the value of doing business with you and to do that in a way that secures the commitment at the profit margins your company wants. The first step to being able to sell your price is you understanding your cost of doing business and you being sold on the price you're charging. You have to believe you're worth the extra cost and not feel guilty about your price. The second step is for you to align yourself with a sales process that helps you build an emotional connection and increases the perceived value of doing business with you. This process should enable you to secure the necessary commitments and also help you price condition your prospect to a more realistic price expectation. If you do your job right, the prospect will be emotionally connected to you wanting to do business with you, but they'll also be very concerned that they may not be able to afford you. Think about what I'm saying here. As we move through the sales process, the prospect thinks to themselves, man, I really like these guys. I really want to use them, but I don't think I'm going to be able to afford them. In the end, your ability to win the sale comes down to you showing them how they can afford you. Yeah, they'll likely raise objections or try to stall you, but those efforts will only delay their inevitable decision to do business with you. The third step to selling your price is to align yourself with a financing tool that allows you to easily and affordably provide a wide variety of payment options. Now, if you ask me, I'd strongly recommend you look at ProFund and all of the tools this program offers. In addition to providing valuable property data, homeowner insights, and weather data, ProFund also offers one of the easiest and most contractor-friendly financing tools on the market. ProFund allows the salesperson to easily provide a monthly payment option for their good, better, and best roofing packages. And it calculates that payment using a 144-month loan at 11.99%. Now, it's reasonable to suggest that some people may not be excited about the idea of 144 months at 11.99%. And this is where ProFund helps the salesperson close the deal. If the homeowner questions or pushes back on the loan option, the salesperson can use my AIR approach to air out the objection. The A stands for Acknowledge. The I stands for isolate, and the R stands for remedy. So here's how this works. The prospect says, wow, uh, 12 years at 11.99%, I- I'm not liking that at all. The salesperson acknowledges the objection saying, hey, I completely understand, and you're definitely not the first person to tell me that. The salesperson then isolates the objection by saying, But look, if we could set the loan option aside for one minute, would there be any other reason you wouldn't want us to be your contractor? Now, assuming the prospect says, no, I like you guys, but that rate just seems high and I don't want to be paying this off for the next 12 years. The salesperson can now remedy the objection by saying, so if I can help you find a better loan option, you'd do it, right? Now, if the prospect says yes, the salesperson can easily text them a link where the prospect can provide their email address, household income, and social security number. 
ProFund will then shop that information with 20 different lenders to get them the best offers. And this pre-qualification process does not affect the prospect's credit, and every prospect will receive at least three different offers. ProFund makes it insanely easy for the salesperson to use the loan objection to move the prospect deeper into the process and closer to the sale. And business owners will love the fact that all of the loans in ProFund's Tier 1 program charges the contractors a very low 2% merchant fee. This means the prospect can freely choose whatever loan they want and the business owner doesn't have to worry about paying those astronomical fees charged by the other programs. So to learn more, just go to profund.net. I promise you're going to be pleasantly surprised by everything they have to offer. The final step to selling your price is to stop looking for excuses and start looking for results. Your sales success is not a function of your selling price, the market, the competition, or the customer. Your sales success is a function of you and your commitment to the activities. Look, you can continue to make excuses and blame the things you can't control, or you can focus on you and identify your best next steps to overcome those challenges. Remember, successful salespeople have a habit of doing the same things over and over again. So do unsuccessful salespeople. The difference is what they do. Sales is nothing more than a series of definable and repeatable steps that anyone can learn. If you commit to those steps, you'll create better habits, and it's those habits that will put you in the best position to win the sale. Thanks for listening. This Business Builders podcast was brought to you by ProFund. More than just a means to offer financing, ProFund is a sales closing tool that puts contractors in the best position to win the sale. So go to profund.net to learn more or sign up for a 60-day free trial. Your sales and your profits will thank me.